Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. Today we are in week four of our sermon series called Finding Joy. And as you know, what we're doing in this series is we're delving into and wrestling with how it is that you and I can find and live into lives that are filled to overflowing with joy by working through the eight pillars of joy. So in pillar number one perspective, we discover that no matter what happens to us, we have the ability to choose our perspective. Or we have the ability to choose how we're going to respond in any and all situations. In pillar number two, humility, we learn that true humility is it's not about living a life of self-deprecation or thinking that we're not good enough, but instead it's about coming to see that none of this is about us and what we want and has everything to do with what God and what he wants. And then last week we learned through the pillar of acceptance how to let go and make peace with all those things that we just can't change. And there's a lot of things in this world that we worry about that we can do nothing about so that we can be set free to give all of our energy and our time to doing something about the things we can actually change. Or how many of you over the last couple of weeks have started to find a bit more joy in your own life? Anybody? Nobody's found any joy? Come on, people. So what I want to mention to you is you can know this stuff in your heart. You can know the eight pillars. But you've also got to understand these are practices. These are things that you've got to do every single day to help you to live into joy. And the reason I know this is because when I first started working on this about six months ago, putting all this stuff together, I used this, I practiced this, I thought about this, and then I get to this point where I'm moving on and working on other things, and I stop practicing it, and guess what happens? That old curmudgeon that lives inside of me, he came back, and he's fierce. So these are things that you've got to continue to practice over and over again if you want to find the joy that you're looking for. Okay, so this week, to continue our journey into finding a bit more joy for our lives, we're going to be getting into pillar number four, which is forgiveness. And this, my friends, for many of you, is going to be as life-changing as it is difficult. This is one of those topics that's hard, but if you'll do it, it will set you free. So to bring some clarity to, to why forgiveness is a necessary part of finding joy, let me give you a scenario based on a whole lot of experiences that I've had walking people through forgiveness through the years. And what I want you to do to kind of get all this stuff in your mind is I want you to imagine a person who has had something horrible happen to them in the past. And this might be you, this might be someone you're close with. So much so that, that they have a right to be angry. They have a right to be bitter. Because what's happened to them is not only wrong and unfair, but it's evil. So they have a right. There needs to be some anger there. Or maybe they had an experience with sexual or physical abuse. Maybe they lost a loved one in a tragic way. Or maybe because of someone else's stupid actions, their lives have been transformed forever. It's never going to be the same. Now, what I've experienced in watching and helping people deal with these kind of life-changing events is that oftentimes, especially at first, these people do not want to forgive. They don't want to, they don't want to let those people off the hook for what they have done. And all because for them... Forgiveness feels weak. Feels like they're giving in and they're letting that person off the hook for what they have done. So they choose not to forgive. 
Or what they do is they hold on to all that vengeance and anger and hatred because they believe somehow that's going to make the person that caused them to suffer, to suffer even more. Or somehow that's a part of how they plan to get their revenge, is to live with that. But the truth is, what happens to people who continue to hold on to and wallow in all that hatred and anger and fear and sadness is sadly they allow that one event, that one person, to define and control them. Oftentimes what happens is they end up allowing what has happened to them to keep them from seeing and experiencing all the amazing things that that are going on around them in spite of what happened to them. Or I've even experienced some people who besides the evil that has happened to them, which I'm not trying to downplay, that's a hard thing and that takes people years to kind of work through. But besides that, when you examine their lives, what you are going to find is a whole lot of goodness and blessing. Things like health, a good marriage, nice house, bit of wealth, amazing children, grandchildren. But because of that one bad thing that happened to them, they're just not able to enjoy it. Or because they're, they're too busy being consumed with their unforgiveness and everything that goes along with that, they can't enjoy what they do have. So how many of you know someone like that? Anybody? Yeah, I think I run into people like that all of the time. So what that means when it comes to the reality of forgiveness is the truth of the matter is if we don't learn to forgive, if we don't choose to forgive, then we remain tethered to that one person who has harmed us. We remain tied to that that one event that, that has destroyed us. Or in other words, until we can forgive the person who has harmed us, that person, in a sense, holds the key to our life becoming our jailer. Or they're still winning. And all because not forgiving someone and expecting them to suffer is like eating rat poison and expecting them to die. Think about that. Not forgiving someone and expecting them to suffer is like eating rat poison and expecting the other person to die. It just doesn't make any sense. But I know a lot of people who hold on to this. Now, to really help you begin to see um, how this works out, let me tell you the story of Anthony Ray Hinton. So, Anthony Ray Hinton was a man who spent almost 30 years of his life in prison. And not just in prison, but he was on death row for a crime he didn't commit. In fact, at the time of the murder, Anthony was actually locked away in a factory doing his job, which probably means the reason he was sent to prison was at least in part because he was black. There was some kind of racism going on there. And then if that's not horrible enough, the time that Anthony spent in prison was not in general population among other prisoners, you know, having some contact with other people at least. No, Anthony spent almost all of his time in a five-by-seven cell, solitary confinement, where he was only allowed out one hour a day. So if anyone in the world had the right to be angry and bitter and full of revenge, or if anyone has the right to choose not to forgive, it was Anthony. Because these people really did take 30 years of his life. They robbed him of 30 years with his family, 30 years of experiences, 30 years of freedom, or 30 years of almost everything good and beautiful about this life was taken from him for no good reason. Can you imagine that? But here's the amazing thing about Anthony's story. 
after he was finally set free, which is a case that was taken all the way to the Supreme Court, in an interview he did with 60 Minutes, when asked if he was still angry, he said without blinking an eye, I forgave them all. I forgave them all. And then when pressed a little further, because the, the interviewer couldn't believe what he was hearing, he said, if I'm angry and unforgiving, then they will have taken the rest of my life. If I am angry and unforgiving, they will have taken the rest of my life. They win if I am angry and unforgiving. So what Anthony got that all of us need to get is that forgiveness, first and foremost, is not about others. It's, it's not about what we do for others, although that's important. But forgiveness is about us. It's about how we take our lives back. It's about how we keep other people from being our jailers. It's how we win. And it's how we find our joy. Which for me is a big part of the reason why forgiveness is, is so foundational and important to the teachings of Jesus. Or, or as Matthew 18, 21 through 22 explains, it says, Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Now, what I love about this particular question is that Peter thinks he's actually being really generous here. There is a, um, there's a kind of a understanding at that time in the Jewish world that you were supposed to forgive someone up to three times, and after three, you don't forgive them. So Peter, you know, trying to take it above and beyond, goes, no, no, how about seven? Is that how many times I'm supposed to forgive? But what blows me away is Peter's not even close. Because Jesus goes on and he says this, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. And what Jesus is saying here, because nobody's going to keep track of how many times you have forgiven someone so that at 77 you can forgive them, right? Like, oh, it's 76, you only got one more left. No, that's not what's going on here. What Jesus is proclaiming is you should always forgive everyone for everything. You should always forgive everyone for everything. And all because that's what sets us free. And then the amazing thing about Jesus is he doesn't just tell us about forgiveness especially with hard things, he, he goes on to show us how it works. And to do this, all you got to do is think of the cross. Because what you see happening on the cross is that even though these people have beaten and mocked and flogged and also put Jesus up to die in this horrible way, how does Jesus respond to them? He says this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing, or Jesus, as he is writhing in pain, struggling to breathe, struggling to stay alive, he doesn't become bitter, he doesn't speak down curses, which I don't think any of us would blame him for doing because of where he's at, but instead he chooses to forgive, to show us what it looks like to forgive people for horrible things so that we don't remain trapped. Come on now. Now, I know I say that forgiveness, we think it's this easy thing. I know it's not easy. I know it's hard, and I know it's going to be something that you work through. But if you want your joy, if you want your freedom, you got to learn how to forgive. So, so now that you kind of get the importance and the foundation of forgiveness, let me quickly walk you through what forgiveness is and is not. Because for me, a lot of people miss the point on some of the, the details of forgiveness. So, in the New Testament, the Greek word you'll find being translated as forgiveness is a theomy. 
Everybody say, Ephemi. A little better than that, people. Come on, Ephemi. And literally, what Ephemi means is to send away from oneself, to hurl away, to put away, to let alone, to disregard, to put off. Or to give you a visual of this, let's say this ball that I hold in my hand is the wrong that has been done to me. Now, how do we usually hold on to this ball? Oh, man, this is mine. I'm going to keep it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be my baby. It's what, what it's all about. Now, sometimes we'll do this and act like we don't have a problem. We'll put it behind our back and all that stuff and act like it's not there. But the truth is we still hold on to it. So what does it mean to forgive? Ephemi. I sin, I hurl, I throw away. And what that makes clear when it comes to those people and events that we're holding on to is that forgiveness is all about simply letting go. It's about letting that go. It's about pushing that away so that they no longer play a part in our lives, so that they no longer have any control of us. But what I also want you to notice about this definition, which is a big misunderstanding that many people have when it comes to forgiveness, is that forgiveness has nothing to do with forgetting. Forgiveness has nothing to do with forgetting. Or please know that forgiveness is not about forgetting the wrong that has been done to you. And so you just allow that person back into your life, no questions asked, putting yourself in harm's way. No, forgiveness means that yes, you've got to let go. You've got to send away that, that stuff that they have done so it doesn't end up controlling your life. But you also need to make sure that you remember what happened so it'll never happen again. Right? And then another thing, forgiveness is not, at least in one sense, about just setting people free after they have done something evil. In, that, in the case of murder, we just allow the murderer to go, no questions asked, no penalty involved. No, forgiveness in this place is, again, about pushing that away. What they have done to you, you can't let that control you, while at the same time making sure that person gets locked up, especially if they're a threat to others. Or what's really important to understand when it comes to forgiveness is that forgiveness is not about letting people off the hook. It's not about, you know, not holding people accountable for the evil they have done. No, forgiveness, first and foremost, is yes, we have got to let that go. We have got to send that away. But at the same time, keeping people safe. Right? That's the part of forgiveness that, that people don't get. So God wants you, yes, God wants you to forgive. God wants you to let that go so you're free. But God doesn't want you to be back in harm's way. God doesn't want you to forget. God wants you to use your mind so that you can be set free. So again, forgiveness is not just letting people off the hook, walking away, forgetting about it. No, it's sending it away, but remembering and making sure we keep people safe. That's true forgiveness. Okay. So now that you all have a basic understanding of forgiveness, I believe what we all need to be doing in response to what we have just learned is I think we probably have some people we need to forgive. So your assignment this week is simple. I want you to think about the people that you need to forgive. You know that person that you think of that, that as soon as you think of them, your, your, your heart begins to beat faster. There's like this hatred that rushes over you. Am I the only person who has someone like that? Yeah. So what I want you to do is I want you to bring that all up. I want you to face that. And then when you're in that moment, what I want you to do is I want you to invite God into that space. Say, God, I've been trying to forgive this person for years. Or God, I've been holding on to this to years. I need you to help me forgive them. I need you to show me the way. I need you to help me change my heart so that they no longer have any kind of control over me. Lord, I need you to help me to find my joy. 
Now, hopefully this is something that for you, you, you start working on it this week and there is this amazing thing that happens to you and just automatically forgive. But for others, what I pray for you is you just keep working at it because it's not for you, or excuse me, it's not for them. It's not about letting them off the hook. It's about you being set free. It's about you finding your joy. This is something you need to do for yourself. So what do you guys think? We need some joy, don't we? This is one of the hard ways that we find it. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this morning, and yes, we know forgiveness is a part of what it means to be a Christian. Yes, we know that um, we're called to forgive others. But help us today to see, oh Lord, just how foundational forgiveness really is. Not not only for for what you have done for us, which is amazing, but also in in why we need to do it, in why we need to be set free. Or, Or today, oh Lord, as we wrestle with this, as we think about those people that we need to forgive, help us remember your forgiveness. Help us to remember that even though we didn't deserve it, and we have done some horrible things that, because of your love, you forgave us of everything. And then once we receive that forgiveness for you, may we then go out and offer that to others so that we can be set free even more. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.